Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. I would like to welcome Randy Risling to the Tube Labs podcast. He is a relatively new YouTuber, but he is uh, making some inroads with his new channel, which is focused on snowmobiling and many different aspects related to snowmobiling, actually. And I've had the opportunity to uh, peruse through his channel. It looks like he's having some fun. So let's uh, have some fun. Welcome him to the Tube Labs podcast. Hey, welcome, Randy. Thanks, Rosh. It's good to be here. I really appreciate it. You no, know, I appreciate you coming on the show and discussing your journey. I mean, the thing is, some of the best shows we've had have been people who are really going through the growth stage now, who have just hit a thousand. You're you're getting close to five now, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. So uh, yeah, it's it, so. What I want to do is hear about your you know your journey. Um, and I will be quiet, I promise. <laughs> but I, I, I just want, you know, people know that, you know, this is really the way, because a lot of times, you know, you, you listen to a podcast and somebody, you know, their five millionth subscriber and, oh, the struggle it has been to get there, you know, <laughs> it's like, do you really remember the struggle? So, Randy, share us your struggle and, uh, you know, a little bit about your channel. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, in the beginning, you know, I've watched a lot and read a lot about is it too late to start a channel? Is now a good time? You know, have you missed the boat on that, etc. But, um, you know, everywhere I go with my brother, when we go snowmobiling, people are pulling over, stopping, asking questions all the time. He's always answering questions about this, about snowmobiling, that about snowmobiling and everything. So I said to my brother, you know, I don't know why we don't record videos of this and uh, make a YouTube channel. And he was yeah. a little reluctant at first. And I said, you know, if you're asking all these questions in person, uh, why don't we just put them out for the world and, and get it on YouTube? And I'm sure people would, would really like it. And he's really good on camera too. So I thought, you know, we go snowmobiling together. We hang out together. We can shoot videos together. We'll spend a little more time together and it'll be something for us to do and hang out. So I shot a couple of videos last summer and we started the channel about seven months ago, mm -hmm. like re really getting into it. And at first the growth was really slow. You know, we were getting like one, two subscribers a day, three, four. And then kind of as soon as the snow started falling, the subscriptions just started going up and up like exponentially. And then we were getting, so we were getting about a thousand new subscribers a month in the in the heart of the winter oh, and wow. now we're sitting at about five thousand here yeah and the biggest challenge now is that it's gotten nice out the snow is right. melting season's over and so the subscribers and the view time has just kind of gone off a cliff for the summer. so you really have a seasonal channel absolutely and i'm you know i'm trying to figure out does a person continue to post during the summer or do we just kind of pump the brakes a little bit and get ready for next winter and make it a truly seasonal channel yeah yeah i would think that you know maybe i mean i know you've done some maintenance um work there and there, i'm sure there are questions that people have about you know their snowmobiles and maybe even i mean when when do the new products come out yeah that's another thing too is people are starting to the products will usually come out in the summertime so yeah to get yeah. ahead of that and try and get some products and stuff but i think our channel is more like a true kind of atv type of channel whereas as soon sure. as the snow is gone people hop on there 
side by sides or that's fair or whatever so we could do a little bit of that or we yeah. can just keep it straight snowmobile. i have a feeling you could probably go you know either way with that because it is an outdoor having fun out in nature kind of a thing but yeah you know it's a, you don't know until you you try um sometimes you know just test a few videos and see what happens and if your audience says nope then just stick stick with where you yeah. are you know yeah, that that's cool. So what what is it? What are some of the things that you've been doing that you feel has led to the growth success? Obviously, I think the the plain obvious one is niche. You 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 found an area that you can focus on that there is a fan base for. But what are some of those other elements you think have helped your channel? Yeah, that's that is number one. Um, first and foremost is the niche. Yeah, it is a snowmobiling channel, but it's not just all around snowmobiling. It's more backcountry. Uh, big mountain snowmobiling yeah and it even niches down a little bit further into a lot of two-stroke motor stuff mm -hmm. so so that's something that people like also my brother is a very good character to watch so it doesn't i've gotten some feedback from people that say you know i don't really know anything about snowmobiling i don't know anything about motors but for some reason i can't stop watching your videos because <laughs> your brother's hilarious so that's another key thing you know yeah yeah and we're, keep, we're keeping it super real we're not uh we're not trying to stage anything or set anything up or um, do anything outside of what actually happens in real life. Sure. So I'm always keeping it real. And my brother's always like, oh, we should clean up this in the back and whatever. And I'm like, no, just keep it like that. Because mm -hmm. we want people to think this is a real thing, you know, where a real person can do their work on a snowmobile. And uh, that's what keeps it genuine. Yeah. Another thing I'll mention to you. Yeah. That you're listeners are probably interested in is how i got monetized oh yeah so i know on youtube it says 30 days it can take up to 30 days to get approved right but for me it took i have it written down here it took 124 days oh wow to get monetized wow. so we didn't have a single copyright strike it's super advertiser friendly there's nothing questionable it's all original content and it's you know, squeaky clean. Yeah, never had a problem. So it was, you know, and then that's when we were really crushing the views too. Is about the time where should have right. got monetized. But it just, you know, one month went by, and then another one month went by, and another month went by, and so it took a long time. It took a way longer than I thought it would. And once you're there, you reach those hours and you reach those subs. You want like, it now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that didn't happen for 124 days. So. Wow. That was a little disappointing, and you know now especially that we're not getting much views because it's sure uh, season's over. But but you'll be ready for next year. Absolutely, that's great. So what what did you pay much attention to the, your analytics? Did, were there things that you were trying to improve along the way, or were you just having fun with video and putting stuff up and seeing what works? A little bit of both. You know, it is mostly fun to see what works, but obviously, you know, we wanted to have the most effect. I have a big problem with timing and i don't know if that's a you know everybody says do a regular schedule do a regular schedule yeah and what i did was i put a post up on the um the community tab sure that said hey everybody i'm you know scratching my head on this one do you think we should post a video every thursday at this time or this or that right. or just random videos when whenever they're ready right yeah um so and the response was like 90% of the people where it doesn't matter, just post yeah. them whenever, right? And that yeah. surprised me. Yeah, there's there are two theories really going around right now. One, I kind of dubbed the Zen method. Um, and uh, 
and that's where you just kind of watch your viewers and Brian G. Johnson and Daniel Patel do this a lot and they've really been pushing it. I don't think they call it the Zen method, but it's kind of what I've dubbed it. You just kind of watch it go. And then when you start to see the views start to fall, that's when you post your next one. So you don't step on the previous one. So it could be two days. It could be five days. The, what I've been talking about when it comes to consistency, it's more for you, you know, to keep it going. Otherwise, because as you know, if you stop, you know, you wait, then you don't, it's harder to get back into it. If you have a regular schedule, that consistency, I think, is just as important. Some channels, it's nice because they're expecting every day at nine o'clock or once a week on Wednesday. But for, I think for the most part, I think as you discovered, it doesn't matter. You know, as long as you, you know, have a new video regular enough that you don't lose the audience. Yeah, I, that Zen method sounds brilliant. And that's kind of how we roll is you let a video run its course and then, and then come up with something new. Yeah. Another thing I was really surprised about was the amount of people that were watching on phones. Mm-hmm. It's mostly, mostly phone traffic. Sure. And uh, like California is a big viewer. That surprised <laughs> yeah. me, to be honest. Now, where are you? You're, you're in Canada, correct? Yeah, we're in Alberta, Canada. Very good. So, and about half of, our, half of our views come from the States. Okay. And then Makes 30% sense. from Canada, and the rest are Sweden, Finland snowmobilers okay. over there so sure sure yeah lots in michigan <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah northern michigan it's big uh here i love i love the mountains i spent a lot of my time in montana in, in my youth i still have family there and i still go go out there a bit but um, um i've not i've not taken the opportunity to go snowmobiling my my wife has you know my friends have i have not and uh she just looks at me like, you know, you've missed out on half a life <laughs> by not doing that. But um, there's actually, like you guys have a great time. Yeah, there's quite a bit of a movement these days that you see of more people going uh, towards the backcountry. And mm-hmm. I had just mentioned California, yeah, which may seem surprising, but we saw a lot of California license plates this winter in the parking lots up here in the mountains. Oh. So a lot of people, you know, husbands and wives and people like this are now going skiing and snowmobiling in the backcountry. There's nice. kind of this movement of people getting away from the resorts and spending an exorbitant amount of money on sure. food in the chalet and stuff like that and just coming into the backcountry. So it really has been a trend that you've kind Absolutely. of latched onto. Yeah, it's definitely a trend and you see more and more people out there. How long have you been doing this? Have you always been just you know, like a lot of times I see a lot of times it's a family thing. Everybody has, you know, snowmobiles or, or at least the, you know, the, the, the used to do it with their, you know, grandparents and then their dad. And, you know, so, is that been your case or did you pick it yeah, up on your own? We've always had snowmobiles my whole life. I haven't been a backcountry rider for very long at all, but my brother has been doing it before it was even a thing. He's kind of like sure. one of the, one of the pioneers. And that's why I thought it was pretty important for him to share his knowledge with the rest of the world. Yeah. So how are you engaging with your, your audience? I mean, you, you comment, get a lot of comments. Do you comment back? Do you do anything special to keep, just keep that energy going? Okay. So me and my brother are both kind of, I'm doing the, all the editing and the shooting and stuff like that on the channel. My brother, my brother's a true expert, like mechanical wise. Sure. So a lot of our comments come down to people asking very specific mechanical questions about a very specific snowmobile for example and i don't know that and i don't have that knowledge so we're kind of splitting the responsibilities on replying to comments we kind of came up with a rule that 
if somebody has a good question, we reply to that comment and mm -hmm. we, we stick to it right after posting a video. Right. Um, we're both kind of alert of the comments coming in and can reply to them. So if somebody has a question where they need help, that's like our priority one. Okay. So my brother will get on there and go back and forth with that person, hopefully until they solve whatever mechanical problem they have. Um, just the general comments, we tend to just let them be oh, and let yeah. others discuss amongst themselves. But if somebody has a question and they need help, then we get to that as soon as we can. How have you been dealing with, say, thumbnails? You know, do, do you do you keep track of that? You know, I mean, it's been a big conversation, obviously, the last couple of years. You know, do you take a look at your thumbnails? Do you, you know, try different things? Um, or even, you know, what have you noticed works? Is it sometimes just the scene that works well? Or is it something maybe created? Yeah, I, I, I'm starting to think that the kind of, um, not artificial, but uh, um, very polished thumbnails don't seem to be as popular. Yeah. As I, to, to your first question, yeah, I do look at them. I do kind of change them around and I do kind of see what works. And it seems like the more organic um, stuff, real life stuff with a, mm -hmm. good, with a good title tends to do better than making a, a highly stylized, polished um, thumbnail. I'm a photographer by trade. Oh, very and good. And so I, I do it, um, you know, I Photoshop them and stuff like that. But I try not to make it look too shiny if, mm -hmm. if you know what i mean yeah what, what kind of photography do you focus on i well i worked for canada's largest newspaper the toronto oh, star cool. for uh 11 or 12 years i was a staff photographer shooting oh, news for them so so we have uh, a lot of commonality in that world exactly i, I was yeah. a staff newspaper photographer is that right and, and today i'm commercial more food though yeah so, yeah that's ex exactly what i've done too i just took a buyout from the newspaper Last year, moved out mm -hmm. to the mountains, and now I do mostly commercial stuff. Yeah. Actually, lots of video now, more so than, than stills. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of areas that uh, I, I've reconstituted my blog. Um, well, I've, 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 I've written a few books on digital marketing for photographers and, um, and a few of the Canon, um, excuse me, the Wiley books, the digital field guides for Canon. Okay. And um, and so uh, my blog was a center point for many, many years. And then I went to more to YouTube and I mm -hmm. focused on YouTube for a long time, um, last say four years. And now I'm kind of migrating back to the blog, bringing YouTube with me and kind of molding those two audiences together. Um, I think that's going to be really beneficial. We'll see. It's going to be an experiment uh, because I have, refo have been focusing so much on YouTube for the last few years. Um, it'll be interesting if it really, you know, my audience just really may be over on that blog. And what's making you go back towards that? Well, I think of a center point. Um, and it's not my suggestion for most people. A lot of times I say, look, you know, you know you're going to do YouTube, you focus on YouTube. But I've been focusing on YouTube for four years. And, and you, you, know, I, I, you know, I have, you know, just a few thousand subscribers. And, and I have much more on, in other locations. And I really just wanted to have, because I have the podcast. And mm -hmm. I have... Um, you know the youtube and the, all that stuff i just wanted to find a good location say look everyone here we go we're going to focus it all here and and allow me to maybe serve the audience i do have a little bit better so we'll see we'll see i have a photography business channel 
and I have a Google marketing tutorial channel. So I have three channels, you know, so it gets a little crazy out there. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. We have the same kind of problem as I don't know. We have a website that nobody visits. Uh, it's digit9.ca if somebody wants to look at it. Yeah. But we have the YouTube and Instagram and then just like lightly scratching the surface on Facebook. And to do it all is a little... It's hard. It's it's hard. So our, uh, the initial goal was just to be YouTube and YouTube only. Yeah. Now I'm finding that, you know, the snowmobile crowd is on Facebook, actually. Really? So, Interesting. So, yeah. So we may have to kind of cross over that way a little bit. So I've started uploading a couple of videos yeah. on the Facebook just to kind of see see the play on there. Yeah, you know, if that you got to go where the audience is, and you know, I I never suggest anyone to do what I do in so many places. I just you know, I in this early you know, social media days, I just rode that train, and you know, I YouTube first YouTube channel in 06 and you know, got book deals and all that because early social media. So that that was really cool. But then eventually, fade everybody you know, pretty much understand social media. Now I don't have to explain how to open up a Facebook page in these days, you know, or even a YouTube uh, channel. But um, there is a lot of people, there are a lot of people, especially in the photo community that need that support. And I figure considering the times we're in right now is a good time to reboot that community. There's still a lot of people there. I got a lot of comments back when I launched, relaunched it. Not that I ignored it, but um, wasn't as consistent. So um, yeah, I, I think you're right to look at Facebook at least to consider, you know, putting vi those videos up there because you want that audience and some of it will cross populate and some won't, you know, but, you know, th there are people doing very, very well right now with video on Facebook mm -hmm. and uh, surprising. I didn't think it was going that well, but I, I've been getting kind of the background that some people are doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I need to find somebody to kind of do that for us. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. What are, what are some outside of the Facebook and obviously growing the YouTube channel? What what was your goal when you first started this? What were you hoping to achieve? And you know, are you ahead of where you thought you would be, um, or are you you know behind that the, the ultimate goal? Well, I don't know if we're ahead or behind. The ultimate goal was to you know, make these videos and be able to hang out with my brother. That was kind of goal number one. That's and great. Goal number two was, you know, if we could make a little money to pay for some of the beer we drink when we go on mountain <laughs> trips or pay for a tank of fuel here and there, or maybe get some products coming in, then that would be great as well. Right. Yeah. So um, now we're monetized and have a little bit of, of revenue mm -hmm. coming in, which is great. It's probably, it will never be, I mean, the amount of work and, right. and time that we put into it. But, you know, the ultimate goal was to have a little bit of revenue that would be a little bit evergreen that would continue for years, like the long play. Right. And just to kind of keep us going and, uh, and just create a community here on YouTube where we'd have this space where we could express whatever it is we want to express about snowmobiling, build that community, have a home for it, make a little bit of money for doing it, and, uh, you know, force us to get out to the mountains more than maybe we would in an average year if we weren't shooting videos. Sure. What, what was the biggest thing that you've learned in this process? Now that you're in seven, eight months now, seven months, what, 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 did, what maybe something that you didn't expect? but you found to be really important or even 
you know, beneficial? I think the biggest take for me is, you know, I go out there and I put a 5D on a Ronin and mm -hmm. we, you know, sometimes I work hard to make a polished video and then it doesn't perform that good as a video that you could just practically shoot on a calculator and throw it up there <laughs> with no edits. Right. right. And it's, and right. they like, they crush the other videos. So it really comes down to, it really comes down to providing like real content. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no way to clickbait your way through it or that's what I really like about YouTube is I find that all the, they've snuffed out all of the kind of clickbait and workarounds and everything like that. Right. And if you're putting up good content, that's, that's just the number one thing, you right. know, it doesn't, you know, the thumbnail yeah, is important, but lighting and, and audio is super important. Sure. Of course. So I always, our audio is top notch. Sometimes it's shaky footage. Sometimes it's under, sometimes it's over, but yeah. Most of the time, the audio is dialed right in. I think that's super important. But if the content is good, the video, it doesn't matter if there's an intro or an outro or this or that in the thing. Right. You, you've said your, your, your brother's, uh, you know, the kind of the funny guy of the two of you. you know, have you found any difference between, say, beautiful scenery and the action and the moments of humor? Have you noticed any, you know, correlation of what does better i thought that was kind of an interesting thought that just kind of popped in my head definitely the both. Humor. definitely the humor humor wins yeah most definitely yeah when Good people think something is funny and relatable they they dial into it our audience doesn't really care so much about the that the i'm a visual guy so i'm like right. oh we get the drone up look at this beautiful light and this and that but our people are in the snowmobiling they don't care about light they want to hear the motor run they want to, you know, know how hot the motor is and th stuff like this. They don't care about the scenery at all. I do. I, so yeah, sure. Hard a little bit, but, I can but it's it. important that you know what the audience cares about. And you just listed it. You, exactly. you know, you know that you, you know what you care about, but the audience cares about these things and you're providing that. And that seems to be working out pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I would, you know, so when we were starting, my brother is like, oh, I'm just going to shoot this video on my phone. And I'm like, no, 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 wait until I get over to your place and we'll set up a light and get a nice camera and whatever. But, you know, he's dead right. He can just shoot it on the phone and it works just as good. It, nice. it comes across just as well, especially for people who are watching on phones. I think they relate that, you know, sure. They're, they're almost in this chat together. Nice. Nice. Randy Risling, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Tubes Lab podcast. Where can people connect with you? Tell us just again about your channel and, uh, Let's uh, let them know where to go. Yeah, we're a DIY snowmobile channel for people who like to tune and uh, do a little maintenance on their own snowmobiles, uh, more specifically in the backcountry and for mountain riding. And our home is on YouTube. It's Digit 9. So that's D-I-G-I-T 9. Um, it's named Digit 9 because my brother recently cut off one of his digits, accidentally got caught in a belt. Oh no. So uh, we also have a website that's digit9.ca and we're on Instagram there at digit9sletters. So yeah, if you're into uh, snowmobiling, backcountry and the big mountain stuff or just want to check out kind of what we're doing, go on over to YouTube and that's where you'll find us. Excellent. Randy, thank you so much for sharing your story. 
All right. Thanks for having me, Rush. Appreciate it. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubelog.com. If you find the Tube Labs podcast valuable, don't forget to rate and review it. You may connect with Rosh on Twitter at Rosh Sillers.